Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Diet Ride Podcast with Alyssa Miller <laughs> and Brooke Miller. And Brooke just fell down the stairs. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys, I fell down the stairs. I got new socks and my carpet is extra slippery with them. So yeah, I just fell down the stairs. And I had 17 drinks in my computer in my hand and could do nothing to save her. Except for I didn't do the thing that Jim did when Scott fell, Scott, Michael Scott (laughs) fell into the koi pond. So I feel good about that. Uh, The dodge and weave. Yeah. Anyways, both dietitians. Oh my gosh. We got to start over. (laughs) It's too late. We're too far in. Okay. So Um, it happened. You know who we are. (laughs) We're both dietitians, both moms. We do all the things together. Really, it's a problem that I live so far away. Um, anyways, so today we're talking about fitness trackers. Fitness trackers. You have them, you know them, you see them in the gym. You maybe have one on your wrist right now. Or in your Amazon cart. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) That'd be an interesting poll to see how many people have. Got one for Christmas. Yeah, or even just have them. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like a large, like maybe 90% of people have fitness tracker in some capacity, like a wrist one. Do you have one? You just don't wear it? Oh yeah, I have, I have. Several. Three, I think. <laughs> yes. And I had my eye on the Apple Watch for a long time. How many are on your wrist now? <laughs> Zero. Okay. Zero. I've spent a lot of money on things I don't use. Um, it's yeah. a problem. I'm I, working on it. I do have a Fitbit on my wrist right now, and I do use oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yours is the but Fitbit. It looks like the Apple Watch. It looks like an Apple Watch. But look at when you click on it, you see my beautiful baby, Aww. the time, and the date. And that's, that's pretty it. cute. So you have to like manually scroll up on the like setting face that I have because I didn't want to see calories or anything. I just wanted to see the time and date. Oh, so you can change what it shows you. mm -hmm. Okay. And with Fitbit, well, we can dive into the pros and cons of. Yeah. So today we're going to chat kind of a little bit about the pros and cons because I know I feel like a lot of people in intuitive eating space are against fitness trackers Mm -hmm. pretty hardcore, which I'm, I'm right there with them, honestly, Mm -hmm. but I think everyone's different. I agree. I think that um, people with like maybe a disordered history of eating or a disordered like relationship with exercise. Totally. Um, then I think it could be a really dangerous like rabbit hole to get into. Um, personally, I never look at the steps. The only reason I wear it and the only things I look at, and actually you can remove with the Fitbit app, at least you can remove, um, different settings so that they don't even show up. So like my weight isn't recorded in here. I don't look at my weight. I don't have it recorded in here. The only thing that's recorded is um, my sleep score, which, you know, yes. having a newborn doesn't give you a great <laughs> sleep score. So, and then um, my heart rate. And that's the only thing I really use it for. And then when I swim, I like to do laps, but I can never remember how many laps I've done because I same. always try to do the same amount of laps in a shorter amount of time. And so this Fitbit is waterproof so I really like it for swimming laps I like that it's waterproof so I can don't have to take it off when I shower that is nice I would Um, forget several times and then I'd be like well that's busted it never actually broke but I was pretty worried remember when we had the old school Fitbits and you and I were swimming together and she jumped in the pool and we were swimming laps and she's like oh snap oh no I forgot it it It, it worked but uh Mm -hmm. wouldn't recommend it yeah so um 
another reason I liked mine during pregnancy was because mm. early pregnancy, a lot of times you're not supposed to get your heart rate above a certain amount. And we were told different things like throughout our pregnancy. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that for a sec. We were told completely different things. I was told like, what was I told? It's been so long. 140. I think. Yeah. I think that's what I was told. And I was told it didn't matter at all. Yeah. By my midwife and my OBGYN. But the nurse that called us on that call line, uh-huh. she told me, I think 160. Yeah. But I think a nurse from the same program called you and told you 140. Yeah. And you know, I had Talk a high risk doctor, pregnancy. People. Yeah. I had a high risk pregnancy. I had but to be... even before they knew that. Yeah. Right. They were telling you that like in your first trimester. Yeah. So when Alyssa and I were going to cycle bar and uh, cycling together when I was pregnant, I wore my Fitbit and I would slow down when I knew when I saw my heart rate getting higher. And I didn't care that I was getting last place in class because I just wanted to follow my heart rate. Mm-hmm. So that was a good for me. That was really helpful because I was well, trying not know? to push. Yeah, I was just like, I can't push my body too hard. That was my thing when they were telling us that. I was like, okay, how do people know? How do people know? I know. Unless you have a Fitbit, 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 Fitbit. Fitbit um, or whatever kind of tracker you have that does your heart rate. Because mine for a long time didn't do my heart rate. I got a new one like right before I got pregnant that tracked my heart rate because I knew your story. And so I was Uh like, well, I might as well get this. But it's like, but then my midwife was like, no, it's fine. Don't even worry. Like go by how you feel. Mm -hmm. Like as long as you're feeling good that day, you're not getting overheated. I think that's the main thing. If you can talk, carry a conversation. Yeah. So. But that is a big pro. So if you're worried about that, if you're pregnant or if you have any sort of, you know, health condition or something, you need to keep an eye on your heart rate. What a great, you mm-hmm. know, like access to your heart rate without having to like either sit there and count it mm-hmm. <laughs> or having some sort of unique special device or whatever. Yeah. Another thing just to watch. I, uh, I have like a really beautiful watch. That's like, you know, a normal like clock. And I can't read time very well. <laughs> so I prefer the digital. Said every m- millennial I ever. I know. I'm like 31. Like but... an analog clock. You're like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, is it 6.30? I don't, I don't know. 6.30, 7.30, 5.30. But I, I really like just like like clicking my watch and seeing the time and date and that's it. And not having to think. So I'm just call me old school. My other watch is way, way more beautiful. But yeah, I use my phone for the yeah. time and date. And uh, we have one clock on the wall at home, which I really like. It is analog. And uh, I I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I can read it pretty well. So I'm just kidding. Um, no, Josh has trouble with it too. And then I've got a <laughs> Daniel Wellington watch. Oh, oh, we're sponsored by Daniel Wellington. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be I wish. Awesome. Let's do it. Send us all the watches, Daniel Wellington. Yes. Send us They're each beautiful. a watch and we will. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yes. I think no, it wasn't them. Scoggin, I think, came out with like a really beautiful watch that's also like a Fitbit tracker type thing. Oh. But it looks like a normal watch. Like when yes. you look at it, it's just like an analog. Yeah. And so, you know, okay, now we'll go and move into the cons of. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Trackers. What were our pros? Pros. Heart rate. Heart rate. You need to monitor that. Pros, I do like can, looking can... at my sleep. Sleep. Yeah. I, I get that. I do feel like you can. Like when I was looking at it for my sleep, first of mm-hmm. all, some of it was super discouraging. <laughs> I know sometimes <laughs> it is like, uh, it's, it's I only got four hours. Yeah. So I prefer to go off of like my energy. Like how do I feel mm-hmm. like I slept? Because have you, okay, I'm sure you guys have experienced this where you sleep for 10 hours, but you feel like you didn't sleep at all. Yes. Versus you sleep for six hours and you feel super well rested. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the time, although yes, it's important. It also, it's like quality of sleep mm-hmm. too, which it can't tell you. Yeah. And then, um, 
swimming laps swimming like if you oh, are that's a huge if one. you are really i mean this doesn't pertain to a lot of people but <laughs> if you really like to go swimming and the one percent of swimmers out there and keep track of your laps it is super helpful to be able to count for you so that you can just, i would like, lose look. track of that all the time yeah i know i would make it to 10 and be like i don't know didn't dustin used to do something it's like Right at the edge of the pool, he yeah. would like moves he like a water move, bottle. No, or... he would move the um. Oh, the rings. The rings. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember that. No, uh, swimming's hard enough. Swimming's hard enough. You're I don't holding your have breath. You're moving. No, I do like that, and I think that's really crazy that it can count your laps mm-hmm. for you. So that's kind of cool. So now I, mean, into I think the there are some cool pros for it. It's yeah. An, I mean, just the sheer fact that we have access to technology that that's that yeah. small and like gps tracking like some people use it when they go hiking mm-hmm. they can call for help like they can track where they've been you can listen to music on it yeah as a murderino you know if anyone knows what that is or a big crime junkie fan <laughs> it's really nice to know that my husband could probably track me if i was like on a run and just straight up disappeared yeah that's true <laughs> That's true. What a pro. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe murderers are like, she's wearing a Fitbit. I'm not going to murder her. <laughs> she's she oh, got that, that Garmin Fitbit. on. <laughs> she's got that Garmin. Go for the next girl. Um, yeah. It was nice because my husband gets really scared when I run without my phone, but I hate running with my phone. So it yeah. was really nice to have that because it was just some sort of access to the world. I also will say my mom uses her Fitbit as like, I mean, she uses it for lots of things, but one of the things that she likes about it is she can see if it's like an important work call or work oh, text Oh, I do through. like that when, you're, when your phone is like in the next room Yes, and you're changing a poopy diaper <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's just so-and-so, like it's not urgent. I, right. can, I don't have to run. But if I see like, oh my gosh, it's my son's doctor. I need to totally. answer this. Then I like bring him naked. It is. So it is nice table. to be able to have some distance between you and your phone. Yeah. And it's like respectful too. Like if you're at dinner with family or dinner with someone that you care about to be checking your phone, worried about your son yeah. at home versus like just click, like it looks like you're just checking the time Yeah, or which is, could also be rude, but you know what I mean? It's just a one step closer to like good communication and friendships and stuff. So there's part of that too, that I like. Mm-hmm. However, I, I have stopped wearing mine. So now we can talk about the cons. Okay. <laughs> So again, we already kind of touched on this, but if you have a disordered past of disordered exercise, disordered eating, over-exercising, then I would definitely not recommend a tracker for you. Um, I think it can lead to feelings of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't hit the expectation, you know, for most of them is 10,000 steps a day. So feeling guilt or shame if you hit like 9,000 and you're like, oh, I I messed up today. It was bad today. So that can lead to some feelings of guilt and shame. Totally. Trying to hit a number in any capacity, whether high or small steps or calories or whatnot, you know, is just not something we recommend because it can lead to such like an unhealthy pattern in your life. Um, I also wanted to say I tried real hard to look into the research of where 10,000 steps came from. I I can't find it. Like literally people, I think arbitrarily just decided that if you live an active lifestyle, you're above 10,000 steps. Uh Uh-huh. And it, I think it was from what I can tell. So correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys have any research on this, but, um, from what I can tell, it was someone just pretty much arbitrary looking at people's lifestyles and being like, you're a pretty active person and you get an average of 10,000 steps. So we'll just kind of put that label mm-hmm. on there. So it's a whoever, pretty number too. yeah, whoever just like decided that is so off base and how different that is for different people, like what your level act- of activity is. So those yeah. goals are kind of arbitrary, I think. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, and then, yeah, like striving for something unhealthy. Like we, 
it makes sense in theory, right? Like this idea of competing against each other, or like we used to get into like a group and see we who did. could have the none, the most steps or whatever. It seems like a great idea. And I'm super competitive and it was fun. And it was like yeah. kind of a cool way to interact with friends and stuff. But like, if you're not, this is just a simple case of like looking at those external cues versus internal cues. So like it, external cues are going to be those numbers on your Fitbit, the numbers in your calories, the macro counting, things like that, and actually depressing or oppressing those feelings inside your body of what you actually need to be striving for or how you want to feel on the inside you're prioritizing those external cues over the internal cues of your body. So even if you and I were competing over how many steps, I might be exhausted. I might have been up with the baby all Mm -hmm. night. I might have done, ran six miles a day before, but I want to beat you in steps and actually end up injuring myself or harming myself or going past exhaustion, like not honoring that rest and that relaxation that our bodies also need. Just as important. I've heard of people like, oh my gosh, it's 11 p.m. and so and so oh, has yes. more steps than me. So I'm going to go like walk up and down the stairs for 20 minutes instead of going to bed, which you're better off going to bed. So yeah, and that competitive standpoint is probably not a healthy thing for pretty much anybody. Well, think about how much that disrupts your sleep. I remember yeah. doing jumping jacks right before bed to beat the to beat somebody. <laughs> to beat I know because we were competitive. <laughs> totally. And so you're doing jumping jacks and then you happen to bed. Think about how long that's going to take you to fall asleep. So you're looking at quality of sleep is now being affected because you want to beat someone that you know in the number of steps you take. It's just, it's outrageous. And it becomes this addictive like idea of I have to beat that person, that competitive nature that I'm working on. I'm a very competitive person and I don't think there's anything wrong with being competitive. But when you're letting that, again, external cue or that external need to be competitive or to win or to beat someone take over the mental health and ability of your body, that's where it becomes a problem. That's where it becomes a disordered relationship with exercise or with food is when you start to prioritize that over what your body is actually asking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I big, think on there, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And I think just like with younger women too, like girls getting it in high school or like, I just remember how competitive I was in high school, like totally. way more competitive than I am now. And so just like looking back at that, I would have been that person who stayed up like way past my bedtime to like go run, even though I hate running just to beat somebody. And it's like, that wasn't healthy for me because I wasn't wanting to run or do any, you know, and do that. But the other, um, interesting fact, I think this goes under cons is how unreliable they are. Yeah. So I'm sure you've seen it. Like, first of all, I remember (laughs) this is so embarrassing. I mean, it's not embarrassing. It's good. It's good for you guys to see that. Like we've been here too. But when I was wearing my Fitbit and I would go grocery shopping, I would hold the grocery cart with one hand and walk with the other hand down at my side. So it would count my steps because otherwise it wouldn't count my steps on the grocery. cart. You know what mine? Okay. Mine does. If I push a stroller with both hands, it thinks I'm biking. At an oh, incredibly really? slow rate. <laughs> They're like, how are you not wow, falling off? you are. Yeah, they, they count it as cycling. Oh, my God. Which is so okay. weird because of the movement. Yeah, mine but is not that advanced. it just thinks I'm cycling very slowly with well, a very low heart so rate. Because I'm like, gosh, I'm grocery shopping. I'm doing all this walking. It's not even counting it. What do, like, what do I care? Like, yeah. What do I care that this like inanimate object is counting my steps? I'm and judging doing you. the work. It's like that thing of like, you have to put it on Instagram, otherwise it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, it has to count your steps, otherwise it didn't happen. No, I promise you whether or not your Fitbit like 
or whatever. We're using Fitbit, but there's a thousand of them. Yeah. Um, whether or not it tracks it, your body is still getting the benefits of the walking or the mm-hmm. exercise or whatever. Yeah. So I think if, if you leave it at home. Right. So I think if you, okay, if you take it off or it's charging and you are getting anxiety about not having it on, that's a sign you probably should stop using it. Um, if you find yourself that you're staying up late and trying to beat people and you're getting very competitive with it, that's probably a sign. If you are over-exercising because of the use of it, you should stop it. So there's a lot of reasons to stop wearing one. But again, if you're a swimmer and you want to be able to count your laps, I think that's totally appropriate to wear it. Or maybe you just wear it just the days you swim. Um, yeah, I think it's like it's a slippery slope, I think, for people. Right. It's like if you have a healthy relationship with food and your body and movement and exercise and things like that, and you're in a really healthy, good state, then sure, try it and see how it feels. But if you start feeling yourself slipping into mm-hmm. a mentality where you're putting the numbers ahead of your mental health or you're putting these competitions between friends above how you're actually feeling on the inside, then that's a sign that you need to reassess your relationship with that watch or with that you know, piece of device. Some of them are like necklaces and stuff. This goes for all of those kind of devices. Right. Um, and yeah, going back to the inaccuracies, I, re- I read a research. These are very inaccurate too. Is calories. That- the calories. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even get started on the calories of like, <laughs> like it says, Oh, you hit your calorie goal for today. And I'm like, what? I don't ha- I didn't enter in a calorie goal and oh, really? I, I've what? never, op- I like, I'd never opened this. I just Wait, opened so it. So they're now. guessing how many calories you had or how many calories burned? I burned. Oh, gotcha. But okay, it's no, like, no, no. that's still not accurate. No, but you just based it off your heart rate. Yeah. They're guessing. Yeah. It's, it's a total edu- guess. I thought you were talking about how many you eat. No, no, no. So no. that's the thing is, so I read the steps calculation specifically for Fitbit trackers or fitness trackers in general are between 27 and 97 percent inaccurate oh i believe it you guys yeah 97 percent not even accurate seven percent so the steps aren't accurate the calories aren't accurate yeah so i even like, had times where the sleep wasn't accurate yeah it said i was sleeping but really i was nursing my baby it's like oh, i'm just really yeah. still or whatever so it's like it's not i'm not to say it's not a good indicator or like a general idea of what's going on but if you're trying to live and die by these numbers or these you know calories or whatnot it's going to be a fruitless um action for you to say i've burned this many calories i'm intaking this many calories like that is so exhausting on your brain mentally so exhausting on your body physically like it's exhausting and inaccurate all for nothing right and calories in guys calories in and calories out is not a thing like oh, so you man. need to put that in your past so if your fitbit tells you you burn 2500 calories and you're like i only ate 1800 i'm gonna lose all this weight it's like that's not how it works that is a not how your fitbit's works. not even accurate or your calorie counter is not accurate what you think you're counting for food is not accurate because they find that when you're doing food recalls like it's still not accurate so even if you're doing all that perfectly and your fitbit's exactly right like that's still calories in does not equal like the calorie in calorie out weight loss it's not a mathematical equation. It doesn't work because everybody's bodies yeah, are different. Brooke and I burned the same number of calories, did the exact yes. same workouts, ate the same exact foods. Our bodies I are would still, still different. Yeah. If we put every person in America on the exact same diet, the exact same fitness regimen, I guarantee you we would all still live in different size bodies. Absolutely. 100%. So again, calories in, calories out does not equal that. So even like the when it tells you like, the one thing I don't like about it is when I'm done with an exercise, it'll say, oh, congrats. You worked out this long at this pace. This is how many calories you burn. And I never look at that. Mm-hmm. Even when we go to cycle bar and yeah. cycle, it's like you burn yeah, this many too, yeah. calories per class. And it's like, that's probably not that accurate. There's no, okay. 
this there's is no, my rub here. They have no idea. No, they don't. Like they, they don't look at our heart rate. No, they know our weight. They know our weight and it's our a, height, and yeah. they know our like. Which um, we totally. I'm. I lied about my weight. <laughs> I, I think everyone lies about yeah, their weight everywhere. I, I know. Like driver's, driver's license. license. That's not accurate. Yeah, right. I, what's that? Have you ever seen that quote? That's like. Um, my New Year's resolution is to be the weight that it says on my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> we're not endorsing weight loss. Yeah, but no, still, it's just a funny that. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, talking about inaccuracies, like spin class, you're up and out of your saddle. Sometimes you're sitting down, you're doing like arms or tap backs or whatever. And it's like, they're not accounting for mm-hmm. any of that. Like that all changes how many calories you burn, blah, blah, blah. But then talk about inaccuracies, like so with cycle bar or any other exercise, but also with food tracking, mm-hmm. like not only is your food recall bad, but they, guys, the way that they come up with those numbers is not, it's not arbitrary. They're doing very good science, but their chicken breast, that's four ounces, is very different than the chicken breast you might be buying at the store that you think is maybe around four ounces. Like mm-hmm. unless you are weighing your food, and even in that respect, it every chicken is literally different with how much fat is contained in that breast. So it's like the calories even then are confusing. They looked at like the calories on a menu, like you know how they put the mm-hmm. calories sometimes. They looked at that versus what it actually has. And even that was like 82%, I think it said, inaccurate. Because the people back there are just giving you a ladle full or, a, right. you know, it's not a per- perfectly portioned out amount exactly. of meat or, I mean, if you ever go to a restaurant that cooks their food not in a microwave and plastic bag, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to hint at where I worked at, but at one time that's Was it Olive Garden? No. <laughs> oh. I'll just say TGIF. To Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you met Will Ferrell. Oh, you then when I, yeah, yes, yeah. I've told this story. Um, anyways, but they literally, it's not pre-portioned. They're just like, oh, this steak looks good for mm-hmm. you. You know, it's not the exact same. So on the on the menu, it might say 800 calories, but in real life, they're not measuring how much butter they right. put on it. They're not, you know, so do not live and die by those numbers. And in fact, don't even none, look at them. None of the numbers. Look at none of the numbers. <laughs> look at none of it. Go with how your body feels. Yeah. Really focus on that internal cue system, listening to your body, remembering and learning how your body responds to foods and movement mm-hmm. is so, so important. And your Fitbit can't tell you that. Yeah. So I think um, in general, we don't endorse it for most people, but I think that there is a time and a place where it's okay to have one. And again, you have to really, really dig down and assess your relationship with food, your relationship with exercise and your relationship with your body. And once you get to that point where you have a very, very healthy relationship and you want one because you think it's a cool looking watch or you want to track your sleep for whatever reason, maybe you need a sleep study done. And like if there are, you know, some health reasons or you really need to be checking your heart rate because your doctor wants it under a certain amount or, you know, like there are certain medical reasons where it could be beneficial, but Again, probably not for most people. So, yeah. And I, yeah, I think just in general, when we look at things like this, you can have the healthiest relationship with food or the healthiest relationship with exercise. And then something like this might disrupt that or Mm -hmm. trigger you in a way. Like I remember mine used to like alert me if I haven't moved in like 50 minutes. It was like, you haven't moved this hour. And I'm like, screw you. I just (laughs) taking a nap. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I got really good at ignoring it, but it's still, there's like a little tugging at the back of my brain. That's like, I should be moving every hour. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And it's like back to that shoulds, you guys keep those shoulds and woulds and have to shouldn't and yeah, whatever. All out of your vocabulary for this kind of stuff. Like focus on you and your body and how you function best. Like maybe it's best for you not to be super active close to bedtime. Like I remember for a long time, I used to run at night, like six, 7 PM about 
But then I would get horrible sleep. It would take me to like 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. to fall asleep. So now I've learned with my body particularly, I do best when I work out before 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Anytime after 6, I just tend to get like riled up or whatever yeah. you want to call it. So if my Fitbit's sitting there going, ding, 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 you have to get up and walk. You have to do, 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 do. But to you've do already, yeah. Yeah. And I've already done my exercise or whatever, or, you know, and they also give you like activity. Some of them give you like activity goals, like 60 minutes a day or mm-hmm. something like that. And just, I want to remind you, those rigidity of numbers of hitting a certain number of exercise is not for everybody. This is a like classical based on the average person recommendation. This is not individualized. You know what's best for you. Mm -hmm. And maybe for you that's running, you know, a few miles one day and then doing nothing the next day or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's totally fine. And for some people, maybe it's a little bit every day, but for some people it might be up and down and whatever their schedule allows. And that's totally fine. Right. And don't let it dictate to your workout. So like for yoga, for instance, like I love doing yoga and it doesn't necessarily like track well in a Fitbit. Like, oh, it's like, you, wow, you're just really you're warm. just kind of stretching and your heart rate's <laughs> a little elevated. But don't like let that defer you. If you really enjoy yoga, go do yoga. Don't just cycle because you know you're going to burn more calories. So I think that's another issue where you can... um kind of let that take over. Well, well, I would burn more calories if I went to cycling class, but I really, really need yoga today. I'm really needing to get re-energized. I'm needing um, that meditation and yoga. Do whatever is better for you that day or even rest and don't feel guilty about it. Totally. And on that same kind of vein, if you're a planner like me, I used to plan out my weeks of like, and I still do kind of my goals, like, okay, I really like spin. So I try to spin three times yeah, a week. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. I really like yoga. So I'm going to try that twice a week. And then I want to make it to my lifting class or whatever. But like, if that day arises and you don't feel like doing that exercise, yeah. it's okay, you guys, to A, skip it, mm-hmm. B, switch it out for something else, or C, do it. Like, yeah. All those things all are All those okay. things are appropriate. Yep. I just think, you know, fitness trackers tend to, I think, lead to more rules and, you know, um, schedules that we're putting on ourselves and expectations we're setting up for ourselves so that if we don't reach a goal on that fitness tracker, whether it's the move every hour or get in 60 minutes of working out like above and beyond every day or whatever else goals they give you, 10,000 steps, when we don't reach those goals, maybe it's not like a big failure to you. Like maybe you're not devastated by your day or maybe you are, but even if it's just a little tug at you of making you feel down and depressed, like we have enough stuff making us feel shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't need one more thing that's literally so arbitrary and doesn't know your life to tell you you're not doing a good enough job. Yeah, I totally agree. You don't know my life. So true. What's that? (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Nobody got time for that. So I don't know if you can tell how heated we got, but, uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think we did good, though. We kept this episode pretty uh, on topic and pretty short, which was our goal. Pretty amazing, you guys. Yeah, we want to release like some episodes that are longer and some that are a little shorter. So that way you guys can kind of. (laughs) Oh, I got a 30 minute car ride. I got time for the short one. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think that's good. That was good. Um, Well, we are opening. um, Oh, yeah. We are launching our course. By the time this airs, it might have already launched been launched we are aiming for a february 15th launch date oh valentine's ooh, ooh, day no wait that's the day after mm-hmm. your day after <laughs> the day after valentine's day buy your loved that's one a goal. course i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no we are gonna launch this course it's gonna have 10 different modules it's all different topics about intuitive eating health at every size exercise 
It's basically so like if, tuned. if you've been listening to our podcast and you enjoy it, which we know you're out there, um, then this is a great way to get like foundational information. Like I love our podcast and I think it's super inform inform informative we're in informal informal informative. <laughs> yeah um so I, I mean it's really great but this is gonna like take your hand and walk you through intuitive eating and how to become an intuitive eater and actually jump start that process in your life so that you can finally walk away from diet culture bull things bull things is what we've decided we're gonna call it on this family-friendly podcast and um walk into food freedom and you guys it's gonna be the last thing you need like in your entire life like we're actually gonna set you up even at the end of our course to how to be an intuitive eater for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So that way when an enticing new diet comes out, you can be like, uh, not today, diet culture things. BS. <laughs> BS. Yeah. That's probably better than bull, bull things. I almost said it again. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, so look out for that course. Yeah. So look out for that. Um, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. If you write a written review, we will likely read it on air. Um, and you can put anonymous if you don't. Although you need to have some sort yeah. of like In nickname order to get the name. Yep. so that we know who you are. So we can Not contact you. So we can contact you. Not so we know who you are. We don't need to we know, know who, you, who are. you are. We just need to be able to pull your name out of a fishbowl. Yeah, we're still drawing. doing our giveaway. Our drawing is going to be actually the book, Intuitive Eating, the book of health at every size, Diet Riot merch, whoop, whoop, a $25 gift card to Amazon, and some Fit Snack Snacks, who was our first guest here on Diet Riot Podcast. So yes make sure to enter that giveaway by giving us a written review and hopefully a five-star review and then you get an extra entry if you share us on social media and tag us yeah so share with so a friend we're getting us. close you guys once we get to 100 ratings we're gonna pull that name yep so we're gonna do it live enter. live live great. live so <laughs> all right thanks for tuning in guys see you next tuesday see you next tuesday bye, bye. Let's see. Hello. Welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast. Wait, is this for real? I don't know. I thought we were just testing. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. I okay. mean. Hey, party people. I think it works. <laughs> I think we can tell it works. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>